makes you such a threat. We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Greetings and good day. Welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. This is a voice from Earth. It's good for all of us to be here. Today is a good day. Wake up now, relations. You are listening to First Voices of Radio and Teokasin Ghost Horse and sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Asopus, the lands of the Muncie-speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced First Voices Radio, and Liz Hill from the Red Lake Anishinaabe Nation is a producer of First Voices Radio. Before we get into our First Voices program for today, I want to thank Kayla Kelly, Kanaka Maoli from Hawaii for hosting last week's program. It was an honor to hear the energy coming from those beyond time islands of Hawaii. Thank you, Keala.
That is Levan Manassian, who is a French-Armenian duduk player, a dream that came true for me while I was in France last week. Uh, he played for the soundtrack of Mayrik. He's collaborated with musicians and artists such as Charles Azanavor, Helen Segarra, Peter Gabriel, Tony Levin, Armand Amor, and Sting. And it was one of my dreams to play with especially players of the Duduk. And it's the first time I've ever done that. And you heard that first time result, never played together. We came up with the same note and played a little differently, but you could feel the differences and the similarities. And what I thought about was the genocide that happened to the Armenians and is still continuing to happen to native people. You have to think deep on that one, more visceral than you have, and not just give it a flippant response. Study the history, know the history, feel the history, and be with those natives who do know who they are.
Many are called with the message I shown in the prophecies. Many do not see the whole message, but are being compelled in a direction focusing on one small element of the bigger picture. And as they walk in a direction, more is revealed. Quote, they will start as fires that burn within us, and we will burn up with desires and conflict if we do not remember their original teachings and return to the peaceful way of life. Unquote. So join us in help co-create the greatest social and spiritual revolution in history, the re-emergence of the indigenous way of caring, peace, abundance, collaboration, family, responsibility, and liberty. We are being physical and virtual communities. We are relearning our ceremonies, languages, and cultures. We are teaching our children the indigenous ways. We are working to heal, liberate, and reawaken others and ourselves. We are protecting the indigenous world, and we're learning dialogue and how to listen. We're learning the way of love and healing Mother Earth. Several years ago, in 2003, First Voices Indigenous Radio at the time, I conducted an interview with the late elder of the Sichanghu Lakota, Willard Pipeboy, and I had a chance to ask him about some of the prophecies and if he could share one regarding the current state of affairs. And although Willard was declining in health, he was still quick-minded to remind me that the urgency of what he was about to say should not be taken rhetorically. Oftentimes, those of the Western mindset dismiss the arcane words that ill-fit the status quo of conceptual mode of intellectualism as inapplicable. And I think the entrapment of transcendental or hierarchical thinking often leads unsatisfactory conclusions of assigning 
primitive minds in the category of social Darwinism. I also insert racial determinism as a political ideology in the assignment, what is viable to the immediate survival, an instinctual rather than an intuitive existence. And I thought, but that's the way of the human beings from the beginning. But there is a difference between those who wage war, think war, live war, speak war, and those who are living in peace, waging peace, thinking peace, and speaking peace. The difference has little to do with, with so-called dichotomy of races, but rather those who choose to live with the earth and those who live on the earth. The phrase on the earth intends a hierarchy as in domination. And I want to add this about democracy. How long do you have? About the time the pilgrims, the pioneers, the discoverers, the newcomers, original 13 states adopted their new constitution in 1787, Alexander Tyler, a Scottish history professor at the University of Edinburgh, had this to say about the fall of the Athenian Republic some 2,000 years earlier. I'm quoting here until I unquote. A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover they cannot vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always vote for the candidates who promise the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always followed by a dictatorship. The average age of the world's greatest civilization from the beginning of history has been about 200 years. During those 200 years, those nations always progressed through the following sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependence, from dependence back into bondage. I want to emphasize that that is describing the Western colonial world.
We'll return to First Voices Radio after a timed sequence. Stay tuned. I'm Tiokazin Ghost Horse. The murder and the shame Secrets being exposed, child Truth we must uphold, child Constant fight for justice To pave the way for change Living in denial Going through the same old side Penal colony survival Depending on your ball and chain System gonna customize you The man ain't gonna redefine you Gotta hunt like a nighttime spider Depending on your ball and chain
guests on First Voices Indigenous Radio at the time from 1999 through the mid-2000s. Both carried the honored knowledge and common sense of the Lakota and Dakota with Joha, or Life Ways. This small interview was drawn from the archive of 2003, before the August 2005 Katrina hurricane, before 2011 Fukushima nuclear meltdown in Japan, and other thoughts of where the Western world and earth continue to clash. Please listen into these two wakan, where there isn't really a word for elder since it is a noun, and elders are not a noun, which is a person, place, or thing. Thanks for joining us here on First Voices Radio. The next guest, Darlene and Willard Pipeboy, are two elders of the Dakota and Lakota nations in the Northern Plains area of the 48 contiguous states here on Turtle Island and what Americans temporarily call the United States. They are former guests on First Voices Indigenous Radio, giving us insight into what has been deemed tragedies or natural movements of the earth. They are joining us to discuss what is in the future for those who are suffering and for those who are, are oppressing what is in store for indigenous peoples? Who are the most economically hit by the policies of Bush and preceding governmental policies? Ladies and gentlemen, Willard and Darlene Pipeborg. Ihani Washte. Aho, Ihani Washte. It must be this phone that I have. Can you hear me now? I, we can hear you, but there's a slight echo behind your, your, your sound. Okay. Okay, let me shut this off, and I'll have Darlene say good morning, see if that's better, okay? Okay. Darlene, good morning, and we'll join Willard a little later. Um, yes. With all the, the things that are going on um, in, in the United States, there is something that is missing from the reports that we are hearing um, in newspapers, on TV, and in the radio. Basically, it's it's uh, what is going to happen and how we should be prepared for what is going to come. Can you give us a little insight? Well, I want to I say this before I start. Um, in our own language, um, uh, we say, people, it's time to wake up. Yes. That, that's, that's what we say to, to, to our relatives, that it is time to wake up and look at reality. When we saw the disaster, the catastrophe that happened to so many people, and um, we as people probably did not want to look at the fact that they were all black people, and they were all economically dep- deprived, perhaps, that that issue that came up and, and the response to, their, to, their, to the harm that had befallen them. Um, it took time to do it. Uh, politics, they said, uh, I believe they said, in FEMA, the political appointees, you know, undermined the effectiveness of the program. So you have bureaucracy also harming the people. Uh, creating all kinds of trauma for them. 
So we as Native Americans, when we look at at issue economy, you know, even life on the reservation, the health needs of all of these people, thousands of them, that probably America failed to look at in the first place, that they're living in conditions probably deplorable, even though they have access to, to, to transportation, housing perhaps. But when we look at the houses, we see the failure you know, of policy you know, created for all human beings. So we look at the, the circumstances that, that came out of such a situation. Um, it, it's not a blame game. No one is to blame. But it's the effectiveness of people and the compassion that, that people should have being in a position of authority that that response time should have come sooner. We as Native Americans, and I'm sure Willard can talk about this more, um, the, the, the force of nature. Um, I believe we watched this um, National Geographic at one time, and this, um, these people live on boats in the, in the Pacific, near the, near the, the Asian countries. Um, and they talked to this man, and he said, he said, I forget the name of the group of people, but he said, the ocean is hungry, and that's why it took them. So again, indigenous people, knowing and understanding force of nature, when they realized that, that the tsunami was going to hit, they moved out of its way. So it's indigenous people also having that spiritual guide, the spirit inside, able to help them so that they can survive, because it is all about survival. Native Americans, most of all, know that they have to survive. The policies that affect any human being today has affected Native Americans for 500 years, going on 600 years. If the need for, for insulin is going on <clears throat> in the South right today, Today on the reservations in South Dakota and on our reservation, today there are children going without insulin because there's no money for them. So these issues just didn't happen. That these issues have always been in place. Governmental policy has failed all of the, um, the people who live in poverty. We look at who we are as a people being able to understand that in the United States, on Mother Earth, and in the universe, it is up to us to know and understand nature and how best to, to be able to pray and make sacrifice. We as Dakota, Lakota, Nakota people know and understand that we as pipe carriers, when it comes time to sacrifice, and to pray not only for the Red Nation, but all of the nations that we sacrifice. We do not eat for four days. We do not eat, we do not drink water. When we looked at them, we said, well, we went without water for four days. It did not harm us. And we went without food for four days. And we are still alive today. So that is called fasting. We as, as Native American Sioux people, we fast. We learn how to do without food and water. 
and we make our spirit stronger. So I think the lessons that need to be learned for all people, all people, regardless of, of um, the, the belief that they have, we tell ourselves, we say, when you make your spirit strong, when your spirit is strong, you can go through many things. You can go through many obstacles if you have a strong spirit. We also know that in prophecy, that through a connection to the great spirit, God, that they tell us of things to come. I don't believe that in, in our history that the nations of the world or, or the Congress and the, the, the executive people of the United States have ever come to the red man and asked him what he knows. Where is that wisdom that has been given, given to us? We, through, through vision, dreams, we dream of things to come. If we were to foretell that a mountain is going to explode, no one would believe us. But yet we know and understand that that is going to happen. So listening, listening to that spirit within us and having that compassion... We are all value-oriented people. We should have realized that when our people are in need with water and food and whatever, housing, <clears throat> that all of those values should have been there for them. We feel a great hurt in our hearts when we go into the sweat lodge and we pray for them that, that the compassion of man will help all of these people. And it should be an experience and a lesson to mankind. If, if that is happening within the United States, and if you listen, we become good listeners, we will hear the cry of the people all over the world caught in the same situation. So through policy, positions of power, we manipulate. We manipulate many things. We push the compassion and the values aside for the sake of the, the almighty dollar, shall we say. We do not share, or we do not believe in generosity. We as Native Americans, you come to our home, we'll give you everything in our home if we, have, if we see the need to do so. So material things mean nothing to us. Life, they say life. The number one value in, in, in our teaching is life that we want to stay alive, no matter what, and we struggle, we struggle to live. So the future, we look at the future belonging to the generations who are coming after us. Many times we cry for our children, our grandchildren, because we know in the future there is a prophecy coming. And I believe I've said this before on the, on the radio. In the ceremonies that we attend, they said, Even though you are having a hard time doing without food and water, simple things of life, in the future, something worse is coming. So we have to push aside our own personal needs and we have to 
going to the sweat lodge, going to the, um, the, the Sundance Circle, and we, sacri- we sacrifice so that people will live. Mm-hmm. There is a song that, that we sing in our language, <clears throat> and it's called a direction song. And it has a lot of meaning. People, when they sing it, they cry because they know the meaning of it. They say, we ukpeyata etuena chekiyayo hei chekiyayo henanitakuyeyo heyo. Look to the west, look to the north, look to the east, and look to the south. And pray, pray. Why? Because you are related to all of those things in that direction. People, animals, nature, up above, down below. That is how we pray for people all over this world, people that we have never seen. But we feel the hurt. So they tell us many lessons, many lessons. They tell us, listen, listen, and remember, remember. We complicate our lives. No one does that for us. We complicate our life. Our Uncle Robert from Rosebud, he said, he went to a, a ceremony, and this woman, non-Indian, asked him, um, Mr. Steed, I want to ask you a question. Is there a devil? And he looked at her. He looked at her, he smiled, and he said, waited a while. He said, you're the devil, he said. It it shocked her, but she laughed. She laughed, and she realized, and she said, yes, I think I am. So there are many lessons, you know, within within our our teachings. And before I perhaps turn it over to Willard, I want to leave you with something. I don't know who the author of this this quotation is, but they say... um, Religion, religion. Religion is for people who are afraid to go to hell. Spirituality is for people who have been there. That's what we believe. We believe that as Native Americans, we have gone through hell many, many times. And it has happened to many people. Only when you have been there can you realize what it is to go without food, water. You appreciate water. When we sacrifice, we fast, and we drink that first cup of water. I guess it's like eating the best food that you could eat or drinking the best whatever that you could drink. And we value that. We do not play with water, and we do not play with food. And we share. We say when we share our food, food comes back to us. We are speaking with Darlene Pipeboy, a Dakota elder from South Dakota. Before we go to Willard, we only have five minutes left. I would like to just get a really quick comment from you, Darlene, about the self-sufficiency rather than depending on the U.S. government to come to the aid. Uh, as you said before, uh, U.S. government hasn't really given us that aid that we've been asking for for many, many centuries here in the United States. And... Uh, you grew up in the time, you and Willard both grew up in a time when Native people were basically self-sufficient. We depended on the land, 
and uh, you know our gardens and our community, like you say. Could you give a, a like a, a small comment on that? No. Oh, okay. We'll we'll go to Willard. Willard, you were on First Voices. We only have a few minutes left, um, and you talked earlier this year about the the great swelling that is to happen in the Gulf of Mexico and a gathering of energies, and uh, it happened. And I want to bring you on the air just to talk a little bit about that. And welcome. It's, it's an honor to have you on First Voices Indigenous Radio. Oh, yes. Uh, over a year ago, I talked about that on the radio. But I, I talked about the, uh, the coast of Africa at that time. Coast of Africa and the tip of South America. The water energy down below is gathering energy which means uh, uh, like a whirlwind is gathering connection. But the, see, there's a steady fire underneath the Gulf of, uh, along the coast of uh, all the coast in uh, California, Oregon, Washington, up through this they call a ring of fire. And they're just not there to just to be firing. Those energies gather twirls, and they, the water is life and death. We have to understand that it too is hungry. It too, it can nature can get mean and it can it can bring your life. This is how come we look at the we pray water is life. This is how we do that. It is life to everything, fishes, flowers, everything, human beings, gardens, trees. You know, water is is really something. Rainforest brings up wonderful animals. We have to appreciate them because God has, were part of all that creation. And uh, the other night we prayed just for the people in Louisiana. We had a sweat lot ceremony, and I tried to make our friends understand that God made black men, white men, yellow men, and red men, the four powerful nations here upon Mother Earth, and we must pray for the black men tonight for the suffering because of some somebody has made a mistake in the White House because all these things, it's punishing, you know? I believe that. We, we kill people, children and elderly people. We bomb them and kill them. Tukashila God is not going to just let us pass by because we did wrong. And we, we war hooping, we triumph. Because we bomb some country, and it, it's great that we get medals, we get purple hearts from it. Life is not like that. God will punish you for what you have done. And we'll, the United States will be punished for that in the way of human beings. And animals will attack the people of the United States of America. Believe that. The lions will attack them. The bears will attack them. Next time, you be careful with uh, your own pet because you have done wrong. These animals are the most powerful, and they understand. They're not stupid animals. God made them, and they are the smartest creatures on Mother Earth. They're the ones that tell you tsunami. They're the ones that tell you the earthquake. They're the ones that tell you the bad, bad war is coming, the bad air is coming. And who did that? The humans. Human is responsible for all the mistakes. So we know things like this. And I knew that the tsunami was coming. 
but I pinpointed at the wrong direction. You know, it was supposed to be Africa and tip of South America. And the, and the prophecy still says that they, on the very north end of South America, there's going to be a heavy explosion there. And I also said that a nuclear accident <clears throat> will take place in Japan. These things are coming. And today, last week, I was in ceremony, sacred ceremony, and they told that there's a Native Americans covering parts of Nebraska, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, the circular region of the Lakotas, Lakota people who live there this coming winter, they are going to suffer. They are going to freeze to death, just like the water. We're going to, our elders are going to freeze to death. Our children are going to cry. Why? Because the electricity we cannot pay. And the United States government is not worried about that, about electricity or gasoline. He does not, he is not worried about a propane among the poor people here, the first people of the nation here who lives here are the Lakota people. And uh, when he talks about raising the gas prices and he talks about no warming, you know, he, he's only talking about himself because he makes over $200,000 a year and he does not want to share to the poor people. So he's happy through the winter months. Willard, we... Willard, we are out of time. Could you give us some closing? I'm very sorry again. Um, it seems like radio goes so fast. Could you give us some something to look forward to as uh, a nation and as a people, as a human race? Yes. Today I ask, we have a guideline, seven guidelines to the sacred pipe, and the number one is prayer. That is a guideline to the sacred prayer. And I would ask all nations, all walks of life to pray. To pray to Mother Earth, to all the people and all the mistakes that we make, pray. You can go outside to start praying right now to forgive us, you know, mm-hmm. and help us. All right. Darlene and Willard Pipeboy. This is Teokas and Ghost Horse. Remember, your silence must be heard. It is your responsibility before it is too late. Only after the last tree has been cut down. Only after the last river has been poisoned. Only after the last fish has been caught. Only then you will find that money cannot be eaten. I'd like to thank Willard and Darlene for being on First Voices Indigenous Radio. We'll see you next week. And that was the former First Voices Indigenous Radio, now First Voices Radio. That broadcast was from 2003 with Willard and Darlene Pipeboy describing months to a year before Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, hit the mainland of the United States. Also describing the current situation then when Bush was in the election year of his second term. Also describing the state of affairs at that time for Native people and how they still see it, how we still see it. Something, nothing has changed. Also, you hear Willard describing more or less what Fukushima was eight years later in 2011. Both Darlene and Willard are the late husband and wife who carried the tradition, who carried the knowledge, who carried the common sense 
the Wichoha of the Lakota Dakota. And yes, I would like to thank you for being here and listening to the archive. But I want to thank you, longtime listeners, and that you realize that you can really reach out and look forward to more First Voices Radio with myself, Teokasen, and Ghost Horse as your host, and Liz Hill, the producer of First Voices Radio. So I'd say for now, Doksha Akewa Chinktelo. I got the taste 